0: This is The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 256. If you're walking down the analogy of the
1: sidewalk, you don't want to jump over the cracks in the sidewalk. It causes you to be an active listener. You're really engaged in the conversation. And when the client says something to you that maybe it's worth exploring, it you can pass it by. But if you take the extra moment and circle back to that crack in the sidewalk, you're not jumping over it and further explore it. Typically, that's where the gold lies.
0: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you here. We are diving in today to an important topic, and I would say especially because of the times that we're living through right now, the pandemic is now in its second year, the numbers are increasing, there's hospitals in desperate straits and not being able to serve all the sick people that need to be served in different parts of our country, in different parts of the world. In addition to that, there are just different events that come up that sort of knock the breath out of our lungs or make us weak at the knees. And my guest and I today are going to be talking about how those events create a need for us as coaches to be flexible, to be creative, to open our ears to what our clients need, as well as being able to be responsive enough to shift our own business plans to respond in the moment when something comes up and shifts the whole landscape Now, I understand that each of us might have these small black swan events, not that they feel small to us, but we might have a death in the family or a divorce or some crisis within our own life that also requires us to figure out how we're going to self-care and stay active as a business owner. Very important, and maybe another episode, this episode is primarily looking at when those global events occur or national events occur that influ- that impact our clients, that impact ourselves. My guest, Sam Pelizolo and I are going to be getting into that. And before I introduce Sam, I just want to touch base, if this is your first time to the show, about what the show's all about and introduce myself. The Star Coach Show is an acronym for strategies, tools, and resources for professional coaches, because I am absolutely steadfast in my belief that coaching can make an incredible impact in the world. And therefore, those people who choose to be coaches can benefit from having A resource to go to, to build skills, to think about how to build businesses so that we can thrive and do this business to help draw the wisdom and the creativity and the inherent strengths within our clients forward and how we can engage with organizations to help them be healthier workplaces. So my name is Meg Rentschler. I have worked as a mentor coach and an executive coach for over 13 years now and created this show for you coaches, for you leaders out there to engage in a way that helps you bring your impact forward. My guest today is Sam Palazzolo. He is an entrepreneur, a venture capitalist, an author, a leadership professor, and a nonprofit philanthropist. He brings a variety of value creation topics to all of us. He is going to give us some actionable things that we can walk away with. Today, he actually does a great job introducing himself and and sharing a little bit about his own story at the beginning of our interview. And then we get into things to think about when things go awry, how we need to be flexible, how we need to get creative, how we need to deeply listen to understand what our clients need from us at that time. He also shares ideas about being collaborative in your relationship with other coaches how to choose the right clients, and maybe even make the difficult decision of needing to let some clients go if they're not your ideal client, and so much more. So let's go to my interview with Sam Palazzolo from Tip of the Spear Ventures. Sam, welcome to the Star Coat Show. It is wonderful to spend time with you. We've actually been having so much fun before we started the recording that people are really lucky that we decided to finally start because I know you're going to bring some awesome things to the show today.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me, Meg.
0: Absolutely. So we are going to talk about something that's super timely and hopefully, I have no doubt, is going to bring lots of value to the listeners about overcoming black swan events, overcoming those obstacles that come up in life that we didn't ask for that many times are unexpected yet we have to be flexible and responsive and kind of dance in the moment with those and we're going to get to that in a minute but I'd love to start with you sharing just a little bit about your journey with us and what lights you up about what you do
1: yeah sure in order to go backwards I'll I'll start at the present and then maybe we'll Quentin Tarantino it will we'll drive backward but so today we're about to celebrate our 10 year anniversary at Tip of the Spear Ventures. We're kind of a unique private equity firm. We have two sides of the house. I come from big consulting. So we have a consulting side of the house. We do what Deloitte and McKinsey calls business transformation consulting. It's essentially change consulting, but we have a heavy sales, biz dev, and marketing focus therein. So my roots, I came from big consulting. We're staying true to our roots with our business transformation side of the house. The other side of the house within the firm is a private equity. It's a venture fund or a venture firm. We have three legs of the stool there. One is we still love working with early stage entrepreneurs, generally those that are post revenue, about a million dollars annual. Second leg of the stool involves business funding. Most people think of it as capital raising. Some of the work that I did with the University of London, and I've taught at the collegiate level since 2008. I'm an adjunct faculty member at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. But some of the work that I did with the University of London, we identified five different customer funding models. Mm -hmm. So we lump them all under the umbrella of business funding. The third leg of the stool on the venture side, we're a really good M and A firm. We look at baby boomer led businesses. We also look from a tech perspective. At anything hardware, software, we're kind of agnostic, but something that lights up and gets us excited, either in working with the entrepreneur, driving their business forward, or something that we can take and drive forward aggressively ourselves. So that's where we're at today. How did I get here? Go figure, a guy from Detroit goes to work in the automotive industry. <laughs> but before that, I was born and raised in a restaurant business. And I always say that all of my customer service skills, my ability and willingness to serve others came from that hospitality industry and a restaurant. And I was, like I said, born and raised in one. But I put my way through undergrad working on an assembly line as a UAW member in the greater Detroit area. I then, after graduation, went and worked for a couple of wholesale distributors like General Motors and Toyota Lexus. I also ultimately got recruited by one of my favorite dealers, and, and then I worked retail. We ran a large auto platform, several different manufacturers within there. So I spent about 20 years in the automotive industry, and, and it really allowed me to see business from that manufacturing, wholesale distribution, and retail perspectives. I've parlayed that, like I mentioned, I worked big consulting with Deloitte, as well as Aon's change management group. I had my own consulting firm for a number of years. And then I had one of my CEOs who kind of gave me the offer I couldn't refuse, if you will. And he offered me the opportunity to help him lead a tech startup. And that's what I did too. We grew the interest of a couple of private equity firms, one of which ultimately purchased us. And I exited shortly thereafter. So, and like I said, I've been at tip of the spear ventures running the show with my team. Ever since, we're approaching our 10-year anniversary.
0: Well, congratulations on your anniversary. Thank you. The other thing that Sam didn't mention that he's done along that way is that he has gotten a coach certification. And when Sam's team reached out to me to have him on the show, I was kind of overwhelmed by the number of parallels that we have, that we were both born and raised in Michigan, that we both went to UTD for our coach certification. I think we've, we've had some other touches across the way. So it just was like, this man is bringing all this incredible experience. And how can I not have a fellow Michigander on the show? So uh, with that, with that incredible experience, Sam is going to help us think about how do we as business owners get through those events that sort of knock the wind out of us that, that make us buckle at the knees, whatever sort of dramatic way we want to say that. So when we think about just as a business owner, thinking about Black Swan events, where do we even want to start with that, Sam?
1: Yeah. So last year, you know, if you think back, if you think back to the February, March timeframe, 2020, you know, everything was moving right along. And then all of a sudden, if you were like me, it kind of felt like you got the rug yanked out from underneath you. And and it was at that moment, we had just gotten done with a kind of a private roundtable discussion put on by Patrick Lencioni of The Table Group, where we had the conversation of what do we do with our clients? And specifically from a statement of work that the clients were currently engaging with. And Patrick said something that was really pivotal for me and, and my firm, which was whatever your statement of works are, throw them out the window. Because right now, more than ever, the organizations that you're engaged with need your help. And so that's exactly what we did. We decided to lean in, if that's a good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. And so we threw the Statement of Works out the window. We really leaned in with our client base and we wanted to identify what can we do to help you be better leaders because you're going to need to be not only better, but you're going to have to be your best leader in this pandemic moment. And we put on about 150 hour-long webinars for our client base on how it is that we can successfully get through the initial stages of this Black Swan event. And and it was those types of, I want to say, webinars, but really, those were only hour-long webinars. The backdrop to getting to that hour-long webinar Mm -hmm. and the content for it really cemented our relationship with our clients. You mentioned the coaching certifications that I had. They are instrumental for the business that we conduct and that I conduct with with our clients. You know, call it coaching, call it consultative manner. I have a series of certifications within the coaching field. And and we look at it like, you know what, it is the way that we conduct business. Good coaching is good business.
0: Excellent. So let's kind of shift to a place of, as, as people are listening, and they're thinking, okay, I want to be able to set up the kind of relationship with my clients, like Sam has successfully done with his clients. When the when the bottom falls out or when, even if we're having a bad week or whatever, this is, I want to be able to think about my business and the way that I set that foundational piece up that when I'm needed or when my client needs somebody, they think of me. Like, what are some... Some words of advice you would have for that?
1: In a coaching capacity, you remember. I think you and I are both trained in that methodology of if you're walking down the analogy of the sidewalk, you don't want to jump over the cracks in the sidewalk. It causes you to be an active listener. You're really engaged in the conversation. And when the client says something to you that maybe it's worth exploring, it you can pass it by. But if you take the extra moment and circle back to that crack in the sidewalk, you're not jumping over it and further explore it. Typically, that's where the gold lies. And for us, that's kind of how it is that we look at our our strategic relationships. We want to present those gold nuggets to our clients. And typically, those gold nuggets come from our clients. I'll give you a great example. Right now, we're doing executive briefings with folks that we don't know. We worked with a sales coach who, for years, shared with us the importance of getting referrals. And referral business, I couldn't agree more. I think that they're a much easier type of a a sale. They, They have greater comfort. They buy more. But let's face it, from a networking perspective, you only know so many people. If this is a circle, your circle of trust, your circle of referral friendlies, they're only that big. But the population at large that we have access to is exponentially as large how do you get to outreach and connect with those folks? What we found is that we put on, and it's thanks to our our sales coach that we've worked with for the last six years. It's a gentleman out of Columbus, Ohio. He is named Anthony Inarino. Anthony has single-handedly helped us architect a 20-minute executive briefing that we share with our prospective clients. So we outreach and we connect with folks where we want to share with an executive briefing that we've compiled from our own research with our own client base that shares some of those golden nuggets that I mentioned earlier. We're doing right one right now that is uh, six keys that we identified from, again, interviewing our current client base, six keys that they're focused on right here, right now to help them come out of the pandemic successfully. We're interested in working with people who Obviously, they want to improve themselves. They want to improve their businesses. And if we can share with them some of those golden nuggets that can help them do that, it's game on.
0: Okay. So in people thinking about how you engage and what they can learn from you, one of those things is listen. And the client's going to give you the the very sales material that you need to be able to connect with people because you've got clients that you can learn from and similar people out there who would gain from that information. Is that basically what you're sharing in a nutshell? Yeah, that,
1: that is it in a nutshell. You know, we know this much that you know, in order to be a true subject matter expert and authoritarian, as Robert Cialdini at Arizona State would say, you've got to be able to share some subject matter expert from, from what it is that you know. And the best sharing of what it is that we know comes from other leaders that we know and what it is that they're focused on.
0: So you talked about one of the things that you did was to bring some of that information forward through webinars by by giving, giving information, giving value. And so just if people are interested in doing something like that, what's that process look
1: like? Yeah, so. As I mentioned, we did webinars. We also, though, (laughs) this is the other thing. You've got to figure out a way and not every way is going to resonate, or no single way is going to resonate with everyone. That's a nice way of putting it. So we did a lot of research. We came across the work of Dory Clark. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she wrote a book called Entrepreneurial You. We love Dory's work and her vision, and we really took it to heart. One of the things that she pretty much outlines in this entrepreneurial you book is you've got to have something for everyone, but more importantly, you've got to have something to invite people to. On a monthly basis, we do a 15, 20-minute webinar. It's complimentary. Come get the gist of what it is that we're talking about. It is going to be like drinking from a fire hose for 15 minutes. We try to leave five minutes for Q&A, but in a 20-minute session once a month, you can become a better leader. And we do them on leadership topics, right? We follow that complimentary webinar up though with a workshop. The workshop traditionally is if the webinar that's complimentary is week one, week two, we do the workshop and it's a true workshop. Our methodology within conducting the the workshops is we want to make it not only strategic at a high level, we want to break it down to the tactical level. But we also then wanted to become actionable. Mm-hmm. And for the coaches and consultants that listen into your podcast, Meg, and I know you've got a ton of them, this is why we love coaching. Isn't that why we do it?
0: That's exactly, now, yeah.
1: I found coaching not only because I had a coach, but here's what some of the studies, and I was back when it was called the American Society of Training and Development, I was one of the first 200 certified professionals in learning and performance, that CPLP designation. One of the things that we identified was that, and it's shocking, 85% of people who go to a workshop never do anything with it. It can be for a variety of reasons. Maybe the workshop didn't allow them to actually have the time. You and I have probably been to those workshops where it's a workshop, but we're not going to give you any time to architect your own action plan or strategic direction that you want to put forth when you're outside of the workshop. Um, could be one of those things. Maybe it's one of those things where you go back and you're super excited about the topic. You bring it to your, you know, upstream report. Your boss. They look at you like, "Hey, look, I sent you to this thing, but we're not doing that. And don't yeah. go rocking the boat here." Eighty-five percent of all workshop participants go back. They put their binder from the workshop up on the shelf. And it never comes off of that place. It becomes essentially a dust collector. Mm-hmm. The reason we got into coaching was because we looked at it as this is going to be a bolt down offering that we can provide to our client base. That's going to allow them the opportunity to not only we can finish up and finalize that strategic direction, what it is that they would architect from either a workshop, but more importantly, we can hold that leader accountable and responsible for achieving results. I'm an accountant by training. I love dashboards. Go figure! But it is one of those things where it's awfully difficult to measure success if you've got no KPIs or metrics to manage against. So that's one of our tips that I would provide. You gotta have something to invite people to, and if you pick up Dory Clark's work again, I'm obsessed with her. she outlines about 10 different other items that you can participate in or that you can offer to invite people to.
0: Okay. So if we're if we're thinking, if we circle back around to the fact that there's going to be events that impact your business, that impact your client's business, and the first thing you said was make yourself available, make yourself valuable to this person so that They they reach out to you that and then that's ultimately going to help your business along. That some of the ways that you can give value is through webinar or other ways to exchange information, workshops. And I do want to kind of emphasize what Sam said about workshops. Research also shows that people who go to workshops but then do coaching after the workshop to help implement and to keep that information top of mind are going to be far more successful in implementing that, which is why coaches. If you're offering workshops, it's super helpful to offer on top of that coaching packages. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that piece of...
1: I would say that the, the best case scenario also is that, and you are talking to a guy who traditionally in the past, I've made a mistake. And if I can help someone, one person out there who listens to this podcast, not make the same mistake... The mistake that I used to make is that I don't want to give up control and I don't want to give up the 100% stake in whatever the offering is. In other words, I wasn't a very good sharer or type of a person who wanted to co-author those types of things. Now, I actually encourage it. I'm typically the first person that says, hey, look, why don't we partner up on this? Because here's what I know. 100% 100% of 0 while it might give you that control and that bravado it's not going to do anything for you from a business perspective again the one mistake that i made i wanted to have 100% control but 100% of 0 at the end of the day is still 0 if you can partner with somebody and 50-50 the deal it leads to success on both ends it also can help drive you forward because you know it's kind of lonely sometimes right I've been that independent coach. I've also grown my own consultancy. I mentioned to about 20 folks. It was nicer having 20 folks around, right? Gave me some opportunity to bounce and get perspective from them. But still, at the end of the day, I needed to have a peer or somebody else that I could, at my level, talk about some of the challenges that typically wasn't a manage down type of a perspective uh, as much as it could be gained from having an external person. So affiliate, I uh, look to do good deals. I'm not encouraging anybody to do something that where they come in, do the majority of the work, and get the minority position in it. Right, that's not right. fair. No, but it is one of those things where there's so many people out there that are of, of just awesome talent. If you can partner up with them, maybe put on co webinars, maybe co present within those webinars, mm-hmm. workshops. Best case scenario. Excellent.
0: Just a, an additional uh, tidbit around that what advice would you give for selecting the, cause I'm sure that there's lessons learned as you ventured into that piece um, on how to maybe have the best success in choosing a partner in those kinds of ventures.
1: No, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's kind of one of those moments where as one of the gentlemen that we, we do a lot of work with today, he says, you know, when we first started out our relationship, I really, I remember having the conversation that went something like, before we get married, you think we can date a little bit? (laughs) You know, everybody always wants to jump to the end state where it's Mm -hmm. victorious for everybody. Everybody comes out the winner. You've got to start up front and you've got to go almost go through that relationship dating Mm -hmm. type of a moment where it's like, let me get to know you, let you get to know me. We do the same thing with our clients that we onboard. I was mentioning to you, we just uh, had a conversation with some folks. They've been in the prospect camp. We've moved them successfully forward. They pulled us forward aggressively in some parts that, you know, where they wanted us to advance on. Uh, Anyway, today we... We are going to structure statement of work, sign off on it, and begin working together. I share that with you because I think that there's some really great moments where, you know, again, we don't know you, you don't know us. Instead of getting into that married state where it just is going to be miserable, we've all been in those types of relationships, right? Or I think we have. And in a professional setting, they're really not fun. We have this cultural element at the tip of the spear that says, we only want to work on projects that we want to work on with people that we want to work on them with, right? The people we want to work on them with, we typically know, love, trust, and respect them. No love, trust, and respect them. If you think about, let's date for a little bit first before we get married, it's the perfect storm. In an external client facing, we always do month-to-month contracts. I know it's not one of those things that everybody's scared to death of, Everybody wants to lock a client up for six months, 12 months. That's not our methodology. Our methodology is that, you know what, we're going to get in there. Uh, Two things are going to occur. The client will have comfort knowing that, you know what, we're not locked in long term Mm -hmm. and we can quit at any time. From our perspective, it forces us, and not that it's a force, because we're going to, we're going to do it anyway, but we'll put forth A plus effort. Mm-hmm. in working with that new client so that way they're delighted and they want to continue to work with us. So, again, date first, right. <laughs> marriage second. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from, you know, you probably have a peer or two who has had those types of successful relationships, maybe they can broker an introduction or get you in on the deal. Maybe it's somebody that you you read an article about. And maybe they read your article and they outreach and connected with you. I'm doing a project with a former Booz Allen uh, leader who outreached to me. They saw one of the posts that I had put up on LinkedIn, but she outreached and she said, hey, could we co-author a piece? And it's like, yeah, sure. I I can tell you this much. We can co-author because I'm going to write two articles a week anyway. That's my Mm -hmm. commitment to myself and my, Mm -hmm. my client base. But it's one of those things where if this goes well, where do you want it to go? <laughs> and I remember we had the conversation and she was like, I don't know, where can it go? And I was like, well, here's, here's kind of the 10 different outcomes that we've identified of where it is that we could go together. If those appeal to you, let's keep them in mind. I'm not saying that we need to sign off that we're going to do right. nine of the 10, right. you know, date first, marriage right. down the road. Uh, but this is where this could potentially go. But let's co-author an article we're going to publish that article next month.
0: Beautiful. So in in thinking about the the angle that Sam is talking about right now, particularly if we think about when events come up that sort of take the rug out from under our feet again, your some of your colleagues might be having similar, like when we can come together and put our resources together, our thoughts together, our value together and then say what could we partner together even if it's creating a series of pro bono webinars that bring that value forward and keep you because one of the things sam that i've noticed when people had all of their events canceled and their clients were rolling back and all is like you still have bring that creativity forward be bringing value forward Because that woman never would have found you if you hadn't put a blog post out. If you haven't posted 300 times on LinkedIn with different articles, I'm sure you've posted more than 300 times, but those 300 articles, people wouldn't know that Sam's hanging out doing his thing. So we've got to get out there and that dating can be, you know, what might we put together and see how it goes?
1: Right on. That's in a nutshell.
0: Excellent. So what have we left on the table about this concept of building that coaching business, even through hiccups that we might want to explore in, in our last few minutes?
1: Yeah. So go figure. The coach has a coach uh, when he first started out for his practice. And that's exactly what I did. Today, I have three coaches. I mentioned Anthony and Reno. He acts as our sales coach. I've got two other coaches. One who uh, kind of elevates me, kind of gets me to a, a higher level, mm-hmm. and at that higher level, his goal is to make certain that I have greater clarity with how it is that I can strategically direct things. But I think that it's a lot like that Tiger Woods golf model, and I hate to bring in a sports analogy, but it is true that you know he has twenty coaches that work with him, everything on how it is that he performs in golf. But more importantly, his mental state, which, you know, maybe that coach should be replaced or turned over. (laughs) But but it could also be one of those things of, you know, his health, his nutrition aspect, his workout, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage most of us to to get a coach. Mm -hmm. My my coach, the first one I ever had, a gentleman named Michael Porter, he wrote a book called Book Yourself Solid. Mm -hmm. And I knew that Michael was was
0: familiar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Michael was instrumental in helping us identify what I would call a red velvet rope policy. If you think of yourself and your business as a a club, (laughs) and you had a red velvet rope out in front of it, which you were only going to allow in the customers that you wanted in, it forced us at that time to to really analyze, well, who who are these customers? And Today, it's called a buyer persona. But if you had your ideal client or buyer in mind of your services, what would they look like? Where would they be? Not only geographically, but industry-wise, organizationally-wise, hierarchical. Are they at the VP level? Are they at the C-suite level? Figure out your buyer persona. Those are the types of clients that you want to have in your club. And if you do that type of identification, it makes the outreach because it's never been easier. Thank you, pandemic. This is one of the positives. It's never been easier to outreach and connect with people than it is today because everybody's almost gotten used to this whole virtual meeting thing, this virtual room, right? So that red velvet uh, process that Michael taught me back then is still something that we use today. Back then, it was super scary. After we went through that, I had worked. I won't. I worked my butt off. I'll keep it clean to get ten clients. Michael came to me and he said, "You got to get rid of eight of them." And I was. And I remember I woke up in the middle of the night. This was back when my daughters were young. I was with one of my daughters. We both kind of nodded off. I remember I sat straight up in bed. I was like panic attack. I was like, Michael wants me to get rid of eight of my clients. I've got, I got bills to pay. I got college tuition and you know, 16 years that I'm going to have to pay for. He's <laughs> crazy. We did a really nice off-ramp for those clients that didn't fit in with our buyer persona, the people we wanted to let through the red velvet rope. We structured a process where it was like we had the breakup conversation, right? Back to that almost dating and then mm-hmm. marriage uh, moment. Mm-hmm. We had the, it's, it's not you, it's us type of a conversation. But we tried to provide them with either coaches, consultants, some other professional in a referral. Mm -hmm. And I alerted and I let the coach or consultant know that, you know, hey, look, this gentleman, he runs this type of an organization, I'd like to refer you to him, to them, that Mm -hmm. type of connection. So we had the conversation with our clients as we were exiting with them. Inevitably, we made the mistakes just like we would in a relationship where one of the eight clients said, Sam, we can change, we love you and and we need to stay together. (laughs) It was kind of one of those moments, Mm -hmm. Meg. And guess what they did for about two months. (laughs) And then after two months, it was like they were right back to the same stuff. So we had the conversation again with them. And it was kind of one of those funny moments where it was like, remember we had that conversation two months ago where we said, it's, it's not you, it's us. And so we're going to move on. I would provide you with a couple of names of some professionals that I know that are going to treat you fantastic. And you said, Sam, we love you. We can change. We'll do better. And they laughed and they said, yeah, I know we haven't done any better, have we? In fact, I think we got worse. <laughs> and I was like, you have. <laughs> so we're done. <laughs> Good luck. Here's the scary thing though. We got rid of eight out of 10 clients, seven initially. We replaced all seven of them within a matter of about five weeks. We had better clients as we had those old ones exits, the new ones came in. Mm -hmm. They were much more in alignment with our red velvet rope policy, Mm -hmm. our buyer or client persona, if you will. And, And it was just, it was great. And so that would be the other thing that i would encourage if you don't know where it is that you're aiming you're probably going to have a hard time hitting it or anything that you do hit is going to seem like a victory make your approaches a lot more targeted you'll you'll reap the benefits of it
0: well and if you didn't make the space for the clients that were a better fit for you they can't come i mean sometimes we have to make those really hard decisions to get to the right place and and if you're all busy with seven clients who don't meet your what you really do, then where do you have time to bring in the seven that do? Right?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of a scary moment, right? I guess the the saying is that, you know, when one door shuts, another one opens, Mm -hmm. I'm convinced it's more like if you remember Alice in Wonderland, when Mm -hmm. she was uh, contemplating the drink me or take me Mm -hmm. moment. She had a series of doors that she could have gone and and opened or attempted to open. And I'm convinced that it's that type of image that you need to have in your mind. You know, if your ideal prospect is behind one of those doors, it's going to become a matter of running around that room as quickly as you can, trying doorknobs, attempting to get doors open, because if you don't, somebody else is. And you know what it's like? You know, and back to that relationship moment, you know, it's a lot of it is, you know, I would love to tell you talent. I would love to tell you it's luck, but it also is a timing moment. Luck, talent, timing will win the day all the time. Uh, So find out your buyer persona, your ideal client, run around the room as quickly as you can, have something for them to offer, to connect with you get to know them, have them get to know you. If you you are an ace in this type of space, your clients will love working with you.
0: So good. That's a great place to wrap up. Sam, if people want to engage with you, we're going to have your links in the show notes, but anything that else that you want to share about how people can connect? Yeah.
1: If, if you're a coach or a consultant that's out there, I know a lot of A-plus talent. If you think you're A-plus talent and you want to work together, swing by Tip of the Spear Ventures. I, I will help. I'm a helper. I'm kind of a, a Buddhist by practice, economist by training. So one of those types of moments, I'll help. We have a chat bot that's at tipofthespearventures.com. I'm the chat bot. If you enter in some questions in there, unless I'm on a flight or in a series of meetings, I'll typically reply to you right then and there. If not, enter in your contact information. I'll circle back with you. I would love the opportunity to partner with some of your uh, some of your audience here for the podcast, Matt.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much for your time today.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: So there you go. More insights from another one of our special guests. Thank you again to Sam Palazzolo. If you'd like to know more about Sam and Tip of the Spear Ventures, go to starcoatshow.com slash 256. And in the show notes, there are links to be able to connect with Sam and his resources. I invite you back next week. I'm going to be doing a solo show discussing one of the questions I get asked the very most by coaches who are just coming into the field. It's going to give you lots of things to think about. And I'm just going to leave it open like that and invite you back for next week's show as we dive into something that will help you engage with clients as a new coach. If you're enjoying the show, Please share it with your friends and consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen. That's how people find the show. We also, if if you're new to the show, visit StarCoatShow.com. All the shows are there and do a little exploring. I think you will be amazed at the content that's available and would love to have you visit. So until next week. This is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very, very best for all of your success and the coaching impact that you have. We'll see you next week.